Welcome to In The Trenches, where entrepreneurs, artists, writers, designers, inventors, warriors, and leaders share their stories of doing the hard, creative work that impacts all of our lives. Let the journey inspire you to do something worthwhile, build something bold, and create your life's work. And now, your host, Tom Morgus. Hey everyone, welcome back to another broadcast of In the Trenches. I'm very excited to be talking with Matt Estefan today, who is the founder of WebFriendly and the director of Internet Masterminds, which is the largest internet marketing meetup in the world with over 7,000 members. He's also the creator of Social Media Director Certification Program, which is a program designed to start or enhance your career as a social media manager, which is what we're going to be digging into today, specifically about how you could potentially start your own business in as a social media director, or if you're already doing that, how you can grow it. And then I think we'll also probably look a little bit at how really anybody in any kind of like freelance or consulting capacity can maybe take some of these tips or tricks that Matt will share with us today and apply them to what you're doing. So Matt, thank you for being on the show with us. Awesome. Thank you for having me, Tom. Absolutely. So before we dig into you know, the meat and potatoes of this, which is all about, you know, social media manager, like becoming a social media director or a social media manager. how do you get started in this? Like, how do you get to the point where you're, you know, teaching people how to do this? Man, like a lot of uh, people, it's funny how many people I meet that start in the real estate space. So I was a realtor and I had no sales skills or marketing skills. I went right into it the first time I was like, you know, an entrepreneur or a business person. Uh, prior to that, I was working in the film industry. And I came into it thinking, hey, you know, I'll, I'll figure all this stuff out. And, you know, realtors, if you make one sale, you get you make $10,000 in commissions, right? And I was imagining myself being some really rich uh, realtor. And after my first year in real estate, I had over $30,000 in credit card debt. And I went to my managing broker at the end of the year and I said, you know, I'm broke. I've got no sales skills. I've got no marketing skills. What should I do? And he's like, you know, at the time I was 23 years old or something. He's like, you're young why don't you go figure out this internet marketing stuff? And it just so happened that about a week prior to that, I met a guy who, who just came from the States. He was originally from India. He'd only been in the States for a few years, had a thick Indian accent, and he was telling me about SEO. And my first question when he started explaining to me the concept of SEO, I was like, is this even legal? I thought it was like some illegal hack that he had going on. And, and so he started explaining to me uh, how the whole thing worked. And so I went back to him after speaking to my manager and I said, Hey, can you teach me about internet marketing? So he said, yeah, he said, I'll mentor you in, in, in internet marketing. If you could help me sell my internet marketing services. So for the next couple of years, I started selling SEO and websites. And during my free time and in the evenings, uh, I used to read Mashable and TechCrunch and follow guys like Gary V and Guy Kawasaki and you know, all these other, you know, pioneers in the, in the social media space. And I, and I just started learning so much about social media, but it took up so much of my time. It was, it was my passion. I just enjoyed learning about this stuff. But then, um, you know, I wasn't getting paid to learning. I was taking up so much time to do it. So I said, how can I continue doing what I love, which is learning about the stuff? So I decided to start teaching workshops. So I did my first workshop. It was a weekend workshop. I charged 300 bucks for it. I got 12 people into it. And I was like, this is awesome. In one weekend, I made, you know, it was three grand or whatever. And at the time, that was how much I usually made in an entire month. So I said, hey, I could, you know, go the entire month, just work one weekend of the entire month and make the same amount that I'm, I'm making working for this company. 
And uh, and so that's when I decide to really, you know, pump up my game in, in the social media space and start learning about the world of information marketing and how to host events and how to actually teach people and educate people on the topic. That's awesome, man. And so real quick, like think about that in, in the context of real estate, hyper competitive space, you learn the the marketing aspect of the social media. Did you find things like that? You Were you at like the cutting edge of this then? Like kind of implementing the stuff in that industry uh, before you kind of moved full time into teaching others? You mean in the real estate industry? Yeah. No, I, I was always like kind of avoiding it because I, you know, I was thought oh, I was a failure. It, you know, I, I call myself the failed realtor, right? I was just a failure <laughs> in real estate. But it's funny that now it's like over the last few months, we, we took on some clients that were realtors and we started yeah. to have some great success with them. So before this call started, you know, we were kind of chit-chatting a little bit about this funnel I'm building for realtors. It's working really well. But at the time, no, I mean, I, I didn't work with realtors. My first kind of niche that I went into was the business coaching niche. And the reason for that was I figured if I did a good job for these business coaches, well, they have all these other businesses they work with that could recommend me to them, which worked. Interesting. Um, so that was the first kind of niche that I got into, and that's kind of how I first started my business. Interesting. Okay. Well, now like let's get to this, and maybe this this question ties in, or we can cover it later. But like, okay, so you target business coaches, you but you're not a business coach. You know, this is your first time doing it. How do you target them? How do you get that many people on board to your first event? I mean, that's a challenge for somebody who's just starting from scratch. Yeah, well, like for my first like training, uh, what happened was we started with a meetup group with Internet Masterminds, and and I used to go up there and I would just teach some stuff. I was teaching people how to sign up for Twitter, right? Like it was like really basic. This is two thousand and cutting edge. Right? This is this is before Justin Bieber and Ashton Kutcher made Twitter blow up, right? It was like Justin Bieber, Ashton Kutcher, and then Oprah, and then everyone was then on Twitter, right? So this is pre Justin Bieber. People didn't even know what Twitter was. Like I would have to explain to them what Twitter was before even getting into how to create an account. So that's how I kind of like initially kind of started doing my paid workshops, which is getting out there and speaking. I I, I attended a Toastmasters event and uh, they told me that the only way to get good at speaking is just to speak. I've always had this thing where I like I feel like nothing really matters. Like you know you can get totally embarrassed and you can go on stage and make a fool of yourself. And yeah, it might affect you and impact you, and you might be really embarrassed about it. But to everybody else, you know they're gonna forget about it by next week, right? So I've always kind of had that train of thought. So that's how I kind of put myself out there because I was like, no one's gonna remember this in a month from now. No one's gonna remember in a year how bad this presentation was if I screw it up. That was kind of how I I had guts to kind of go out and, and and do that. But yeah, initially what I would do uh, to find these business coaches is I would find people who are really old school, who are doing things in old school ways. So for example, you know, you ever gone to one of those presentations where they kind of bribe you to go to their seminar with a chicken or free chicken dinner, yeah. something like that? Or, not, that? Not quite to that extreme, but yes. I went to one where like they gave you a free iPod and it was actually a, a, an imitation of an iPod. It wasn't even like an Apple iPod and just for going to the event. So you had to stay to the end and they'd give you an iPod. And so I would go to those kind of events because I'm like, okay, those guys are really old school. Like you could do what they're doing there at a live event that costs them tens of thousands of dollars to put on, right? Like not, you know, it's the event cost for the room and, uh, you know, the, the stage and the sound and all that. But plus they're like doing direct mail to get people to go out to these things, right? And you could do that exact same thing on a webinar and you can get people online to attend a webinar. Right. So I would go attend these events and then I would go to the back and I would talk with the staff and I'd be like, hey, I'm a, I'm a digital marketer and, uh, you know, I can help you guys emulate what you're doing here in the real world online for a fraction of the cost. Would you be interested in giving it a shot? And uh, my first few deals, I would do it on a performance base only. So I would only get paid if they made a sale. 
And um, I guess they were skeptical that they would even make sales, so they agreed to my my commission structure of getting a, a high percentage. I did one deal where I got 50% of any sale that they would generate. Later on, I scaled it back, and now it's usually around 10 or 20%. Um, so I would do this, and I would just find people who were doing old-school marketing uh, and doing really well at it and just translate what they were doing in the real world online. And that's how I found my first clients. Well, that's awesome. So tell me a little bit about that. I mean, when, you know, did it work, right? I'm curious, like taking that person, because I think that's a great way to get started is offering just, that's how I got started, was just taking a, a percentage on performance and nothing else, which is, you know, pretty scary, but did it work out for you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I did one deal. I remember where there was this area where like, you really have to scale the unscalable, right? Like there was this one guy that I was working with, great coach, a uh, great, great business coach. He had lots of success. He had been doing coaching for like 20 years, but he was afraid of computers. Like he just was not internet savvy. And when I tried to get him to do his first webinar, he was so worried. He, he asked me if I would actually come to his place and help him run the webinar. And, and I explained to him and I was there with him. I showed him how to use GoToWebinar and I explained to him how simple it was, but he had this fear he would screw it up. So I actually went to his apartment building, like went into his apartment, sat in his office, and I actually sat there and actually hit, you know, broadcast. I, you know, I hit the record button on it. And, you know, I, was, I sat there in the back the entire time while he did the presentation just in case something went wrong. Right. And, uh, and his deal was that he would give me half of all the sales that we generated. And um, it was a, a monthly reoccurring fee of between $500 to $1,000. And we ended up generating a reoccurring fee of, I think it was about $6,000, a little over $6,000. So that meant $3,000 per month to me from that one webinar, which was huge to me at the time. Because at the time, I wasn't making a whole lot of money. And all of a sudden, now I've got this yep. $3,000 per month, which actually took care of all my expenses at the time, even more yeah. than that. Like I, I could have not even – I could have retired, right? <laughs> and and those, those payments came for like two and a half years. Right, because he was a great business coach. Right, I mean, some of them kind of scaled back after some time, but but he was paying me for two and a half years. By the time the last person dropped off, because he was a great business coach, and people stuck around for a long time, he really helped people grow their businesses. He also would earn a percentage of income that he'd help businesses increase. So he wasn't only making that monthly fee; he was also making more money on the back end. Uh, but I just got off. The, I got a percentage of just the initial fee. Uh, so it worked out really well for me. Continue to do it. I mean, now I charge a base fee as as a commitment because now I've got a few more case studies under my belt. I've been doing digital marketing now for almost ten years, so I only take on clients that I'm confident that you know I could generate them a significant amount of revenue, and I want them to be committed to me as much as I'm committed to them. So if someone's just starting out, I would mm. I would definitely recommend the performance based model. Mm -hmm. um, that way, you know, you don't have to feel any pressure like, oh, this person's going to pay me less money. What if I don't bring them any results? I'm going to be such a fraud, you know that you know that kind of fear. Instead, you just say, hey, I'll work on a performance base only, and then when you make a sale, would you mind giving me a, a percentage of those sales? And most you know smart business coaches and most smart entrepreneurs would say, hell yeah, right? As long as that percentage kind of makes sense. That percentage is around what their current acquisition cost is. Why would they say no, right? It's, it's free, free clients, right? It's free sales, right? You've got a digital marketer working for you for free, right? That's awesome. And I'm actually in the point where I have like products where I would be happy to give away a good percentage for somebody to just come in like that and say, yeah, I'll just do it on performance only things that have sold. So I know that opportunity is there like across the board, probably in many different capacities. If you're just looking for it and you, you find the people who have these programs, have these uh, whether services or products and just saying, Hey, if I work on a performance and I get you sales and can you give me a piece of it? Like, I'm sure there's a lot of people who would say yes to that. 
Yeah, absolutely. And and the key thing here, and this is the key part of the model, is that you only do marketing for people that sell high ticket yep. products and services. Always. So only people who are selling something like over two thousand dollars, right? Like a thousand dollars maybe, um, but really over two thousand dollars. And I'm looking for at least a two thousand dollar lifetime value, and I'll, I'll use that lifetime value over just a year. Okay, usually lifetime value is calculated over two years, but within a year, it's got to be at least. $1,000. So this could also work if you're doing marketing for like a yoga gym or like a CrossFit gym where someone's paying like $200 a month or $100 per month. And on average, they stay for at least 12 months, for example, right? Another niche that this works great in is in uh, the info product world. That's the kind of world that we're in, right? There's very high profit margins. You're looking for businesses that have at least a 30% profit margin, right? So that means that when they make a sale, there's a lot of profit in there, so that way they can afford to give you your commission. And I personally only work with businesses that have been established, so they've been around for at least five years. And uh, I have this rule where I, I'll only work with people who are you know far richer than I am, right? So you don't want to work with any kind of like startups or mm-hmm. someone who's struggling or you know like they're you know on their last dime or you know no friends, no family, right? You're working with established businesses mm-hmm. that are doing hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars in sales and. You're just going to build this one funnel, this one marketing campaign for them and um, and take a percentage of all those sales. No, I love it. And it's great advice. It, it sounds a little harsh, but you know, for the person who's just starting out, like, oh man, I wish I could get that. But like, I see that it's a death spiral to have like two beginners working together to like make something happen. I mean, sometimes it works out. I mean, I say that I started from scratch and I, I collaborated and did a lot of that stuff. But man, there's just a lot of things you just, you don't know. And it's it's tough. So if you're working with somebody who's just getting started, it's not a good value problem. I mean, I just don't see it working out if you're going to work on commission only because if they don't have their stuff straight, it's just a challenging proposition. Especially if they don't have their marketing positioning yeah. down, right? Like if you do their marketing and it doesn't work, you know, they're going to blame you and no, you're going to feel about it too. But it's like if they are, if their product isn't already selling, if it isn't in demand, you know, that now you've got to try to figure out how to make it in demand. And that's a much bigger problem to try to solve, right? That's something for someone who's more experienced, who's going to understand the brand positioning and, you know, all that kind of stuff, the copywriting, you know, you know, but if they already have it down and they're just doing it like in the real world, they're just not doing it online or they're not doing it through a certain avenue. Like they're not using Facebook, they're not using YouTube, they're not using Twitter, whatever it is, right? You could just like take what they're already doing on a different avenue and just plug it into a new channel and, and then scale it up. Yeah, and I think this is a good transition point because I know the like the core subject of what we want to talk about was like how to become, you know, a six-figure freelance social media director, like how to become like that person who's established doing this. Mm-hmm. So, I know we kind of got gone off on some tangents though. I think are still relevant with some of these questions, but walk me through that. Like, you know, say we got we've already gotten to that point that we just discussed, you know, maybe it's commission only at first, but you you get to that point where yeah, you're able to maybe find some some clients you're working for. I'm like, how do you how do you get to that level where you're making that six figures annually as a specifically in social media? Yeah, I mean, like when we talk about our social media director program, we do so much more than just social media because we're also building the sales funnel, right? And the sales funnel is not necessarily like a social media thing, but you need to know where you're sending your traffic to convert cold traffic into warm leads, into hot leads, into actual sales. And so when you're first starting out, you want to first get a case study on your belt. So that's where you work for a performance base only in a certain niche that you want to get into, right? We talked about business coaches, info products, fitness studios. I also did this for events. I used to sell like exhibitor booths and trade show booths is another great niche. You know, uh, realtors that we talked about. So there's a lot of great niches out there. 
Um, so once you build a case study in one, you want to publish that case study. You want to put it out on your blog. If you don't have a blog, you can use a platform like LinkedIn Pulse or Medium. And you want to showcase what you did for that client. Now you've got a successful case study that you can shop around and show other people within that industry, right? Not the direct competitors of your past client. If you're working with a realtor in one city, go to realtors in another city, right? If you're working for an event in one niche, I mean, you know, an event is an event. If you could sell exhibitor booths for one event, you could do it for another, right? And so once you have that, you shop it around, and now you could charge a premium price. Now you can go and say, hey, I'll build this funnel for you, and you've already got the, the template because you already you did it for your case study. So I could do the same strategy for you here, and I'll set up the, the funnel for you, and I would charge a minimum of 2500 bucks. You could even charge $10,000. There's people who charge a lot more than that for a funnel. But a fair medium price is about 2500 bucks. And then you'll say, you're also going to get a percentage of all the sales that come through your funnel. And it's negotiable, but typically it's about 10%, right? And then you're also going to manage your ads. Now, I, I recommend once you're experienced that you start charging a minimum fee, a minimum fee of at least $1,000 per month. And that's when you're charging $1,000 per month just to be able to help generate sales for them. So that does not include their advertising budget. Um, but it's important that you're able to use the advertising budget to generate sales from them so you can get your commissions. If you're working with a client that only wants to grow their engagement and uh, grow uh, their audience and you're not really generating sales for them uh, directly, then you should be charging more per month, something in the range of three to $5,000 per month. That would usually be a larger company, uh, multi-million dollar company that would usually want to do that sort of strategy. But most of the small to mid-sized businesses People who are growing, they're looking directly for, let's make some sales. So you build a funnel, 2500 bucks. you run their Facebook ads, $1,000, plus you get, for example, 10% of all the sales that come through your funnel that you built, right? Um, so that's kind of your model. So based on those numbers, if you were able to generate them just, you know, $100,000 in sales over 12 months, right, you're averaging about $25,000 over the entire year from building their funnel, the monthly fee, plus your percentage, right? So from there, uh, you know, you just have four clients based on, you know, some minimal numbers, based on the numbers we just talked about, you've now made $100,000. So the model is about not having a lot of clients and not having a lot of employees, and instead having fewer clients, but focusing more attention on those clients. Whenever I work with a client, I look at it like I'm a partner in that business, Right. Um, so, you know, now I'm working with realtors and it's like I'm a realtor. It's like I have a real estate business. Right. I help people buy and sell homes. Right. But I, I'm just helping connect them with the realtor. Right. So it's like I'm more of a in the operation side of just, you know, the marketing and the strategy. But someone else is actually handling the, the actual clientele. And that's what's beautiful about this business, because that way you can have like a real kind of lifestyle business where, you know, once you kind of set it up, you're just monitoring it after that. You know, it's not going to take you, you know, full-time hours to monitor four clients. But initially, it takes a lot of time just to get them set up, right? Right. And, and I might have missed this because I was, I was like applying this to my own business as you were walking through it. So I was kind of like, I kind of went deep into it for a second. Were you saying kind of that last point that you mentioned the, the, the management of these accounts? So if you have, you know, four or five, you eventually bring somebody in to just manage? Is that what right. you're suggesting? 
Yeah, I do. And what I've done is I, I've now actually just hired my first employee. Okay, so I've been in business for nearly 10 years. I just got my first employee. Uh, prior to that, uh, I only hire contractors. So personally, because I'm teaching a program to people on, on how to do social media, so I actually hire out of people who uh, who take my program. And so I've been blessed to you know be able to have people who understand my model and understand how the whole thing works. And what I'll do is I'll hand off those projects to um, to a contractor who will then continue to run the ads over time. So we have a, a set system kind of of how we create our ads. We'll create a batch of ads. We actually create a, a total of, I don't want to get too technical here on an, on an audio-based podcast, but we, we create five ad sets inside of Facebook, 16 ads per ad set. So it's, uh, it's 80 ads that we create, and we're split testing these 80 ads until we find our winners. And then we have a process for split testing those ads um, moving forward. So once I create the initial campaign and I come up with all the hooks and all the different themes for all the different ads and where all our audiences are, that part I'll do myself. It does take a lot of time to get all that stuff done. It could take between four to eight hours to figure out all that stuff and build it all out. But then after that, I'm able to hand it off to somebody else who knows the system, knows the process to continually split test and optimize those ads over time. And I'm always looking at the funnel and how we can optimize every step of the way for the funnel. So that's kind of the model uh, where if you didn't want to have any employees, you could just hand off, you know, a project where like, you know, with that base, uh, you're getting of $1,000 per month. I mean, you could hire someone else for $500 per month and then actually run the ads for you and you take care of all the client management side. Yeah, which to some people, I think is probably the most brutal side of it. How do you manage the clients in this case? Uh, what do you recommend? Well, first of all, you got to choose your clients wisely, mm -hmm. right? So if you get somebody who's uh, you don't think you're going to work well with, don't work with them, right? But uh, the whole thing here is that there's not a lot of clients, right? So you've, you've only got, you know, three to four clients that you're working with. Maybe at the most, you got five, right? So it's not going to be a lot, you know? It's like every client that I work with, they're great to work with. They're great entrepreneurs. They say that, you know, you, you will become the equal sum of the five people who you spend the most time with. And if, you know, you're working eight hour days, you know, most of your day is being spent talking with and, you know, communicating with these, these sort of people. So if you're dealing with high level entrepreneurs, I mean, they're, they're not going to be there to like, you know, ride your ass and you know <laughs> figure out what you're doing and that sort of thing. Cause they're, they got other things to worry about it and you've got their social media handled. And if you're working and you're, you're motivated to get them results because that's what you get paid on. You're going to be getting them results, right? You got to get them results. Otherwise, you should drop the client if you can't get them results, right? So uh, for me personally, I'm just very picky about which clients I take on. I make sure they kind of understand the process. They have a willingness to invest into Facebook advertising. They know it's a long-term play. They know that if we spent the first $500 and we don't see any results, but we get the data. So we, we have a better idea of what is going to work and what's not going to work. They understand that, right? Um, so Facebook ads is a, is a long-term play. So it's, it's all about choosing the right kind of clients and then, and then not having a lot of clients. I think the agency model of getting 20 clients or 40 clients, I know guys who, who have companies like that and uh, they hate it, you know, and, and it's stressful, right? So whereas my business model has always been to have the fewest amount of clients, but make the most results for each of the clients. You know, it's funny that you say that. I've done that without it being, you know, purposeful, like kind of getting oh. to that point. Because I was like, that's exactly what I saw. I was like, I know I could probably bring on more, but I'd rather have less and make more. And it's just yeah. like, it's just so much better, right? And I know that that the compulsion is, well, just keep bringing on more clients. But that's, it's not always a winning proposition. And then, of course, do you want to build an agency or would you just rather have kind of, and I, I don't know if this is a, a bad term or anything, but like like a lifestyle design type 
employment, like job that you do that is, you know, enjoyable. Um, you're good at it. You make good money and you have a, a few clients and they're, it's easy enough to manage. Do you find that you have like these conversations with people a lot? Does that ever come up? Like this idea of like more clients versus less, or is this something that typically when people come through their program, that's exactly what they're looking for? Well, I think most people like don't have never really thought about it as well. They think they need a lot of clients. Like I started by thinking I need a lot of clients. I had multiple packages. I had a 300, a 500 and a thousand dollar per month package. Most people would start with the lower end packages. So I, you know, I realized later that I was actually just cannibalizing my sales because um, they would have taken a higher package if I didn't offer them a lower package. I remember I got to about 15 clients where I, you know, I just, you know, I just had too much work going on. Started having like literally stomach pains from from stress, and um, and then I wasn't performing. I wasn't giving them results, and I always had this fear of like, I don't want to be a fraud. I, you know, I want to be the person known yep, exactly. for getting people results. You know, that sort of thing. And so I knew what I what I wanted to be. So then I started dropping the clients, and I would drop the ones who weren't willing to commit at least a thousand dollars per month. And what I noticed was anyone who would pay a thousand dollars or more, like they were more committed, they were more serious. And they perceive me as more of an expert, where someone would just willing to, you know, pay off three hundred dollars a month, and then they're just like, oh, let's give it a try, let's see what Matt can do. And I'm, they're always kind of critiquing the work, you know. Whereas when you charge a higher price, you get better clients, you get better people to work it's with. It's just, it's so funny, isn't it? I and I know it's it's easier. It's it's you can hear this, and if you're just starting out, you're like. Yeah, well, that's what you say, but it's, it's tough to charge those higher prices. And I get it when you're starting out, but I've experienced the same thing. It seems like that's a consistent experience. Like if you charge very little, you just get absolutely like, you know, crapped on by people, you know, sometimes, not all, but like yeah. the more you charge, like the easier it gets. It's it's incredible. The people who hire me now at the higher prices that we charge now versus like three years ago, which is like, I'd laugh at what I used to charge. It's night and day. They leave me alone. They know I'm doing my job. They're, they're getting the reports and granted I'm better and more professional at what I do anyway. So granted, maybe, maybe part of that was warranted back then. But I think the big thing is just that it's charging a price point, having that positioning in the marketplace to some degree of being an expert or at least being very good at what you do and people knowing like, yep, I'm hiring you because I know you're good at what you do and I'm just going to let you do your magic. And I think that's a great position to get to if you can. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. Yeah. You know, the other thing I've noticed as well is like when you're dealing with companies that, you know, if you're targeting companies that are doing hundreds of thousands or at least like a million dollars plus per year and you come to them and say i'll manage your social media for 300 bucks per month they'll immediately think you're amateur or you're not going to do enough for them right but you know i i right now i'm going through the experience of trying to hire a, a branding company to to redo our visual identity and i you know i talked to some designers that you know charge a very low amount and as soon as they say the low amount i'm like maybe they're not professional enough maybe they're not an expert enough then I go to these other companies that are charging like literally 10 to 20 times more than these other ones, right? And I'm like, oh, they must be experts or they wouldn't charge that much, right? So it's like internally I'm thinking it, but I also know that pricing creates, you know, perception, right? So I know that internally. So I'm like, I'm also diagnosing that, right? At the same time, like I was recently shopping for a new SUV, right? And I'm going to Mercedes and, you know, I went to all these different luxury SUV places. And I remember I went to Range Rover. And I had always perceived Range Rover as being like a higher end luxury kind of vehicle. And I didn't even know if it was going to be my price range. And I went there and realized that they're actually priced much lower than the other luxury SUVs. And I immediately kind of thought less of them, you know, because I said, oh, well, Mercedes is charging the most. Audi was second. BMW was third. And then Range Rover was fourth. Right. So it also created 
perception in my mind as well was like Mercedes was the best because they were slightly, I don't know, you know, and again, it was just, it was internal because I understood the marketing, right? Like I was just, I was just kind of perceiving it in, in that kind of sense. So, so yeah, when you charge more, you know, you say the price, people will perceive you as more of an expert. So another positioning you could take is saying, this is something we actually put into our proposals, but it's real, right? So it's not like we're faking it, but we'd say, hey, look, this funnel normally would cost you $10,000 for me to build this for you. But if you're interested, what I could do instead is I'll do this funnel for you for just 2000 bucks, and you just pay me a percentage of your sales, uh, 10%, let's just say, right? Whatever you guys end up negotiating. And then you say at any time, if you want to cancel this agreement and you want to pay me the percentage, what you could do is you just pay me another payment of $7,995. I'll hand the funnel over to you, and you don't have to pay me another commission again, right? So now they're perceived at they're getting $10,000 value, but they're only investing $2,000 and then paying you a commission as you get results. And then once you know it blows up, they're like, you know what? It's no longer worth paying Matt those commissions. They just pay me off eight thousand dollars and shake hands, and you know it's a good business deal. It's done. So that's another way that you can kind of position yourself as like mm. charging a higher price, but then discounting it because you're going to get that commission. So when people go through your program, do you have maybe this is kind of how you run your certification in particular? I'm curious about. Do you have any kind of like thing where it's like you know people are going through it? They're going to learn these these techniques. They're going to learn. Uh, you know how to how to build this kind of business and 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 be a great you know social media director manager that kind of thing. They come in if they're starting from scratch. Is that the typical clientele that people come in to you with? Like they're kind of starting from scratch. They don't, they they're not they don't really back on social media. Or what what's like that experience for you? Yeah, we do have some people that come in and uh, you know they're brand new. Uh, they're just looking for a brand new career. Uh, they've never done internet marketing before, and yeah, they're just coming into it, right? Then we got people who are like working for a company. They're employed. They want to become a freelancer, uh, and then we have people who are currently doing social media management, but you know they're not making six figures. They're usually between a thirty to fifty thousand dollar mark uh, gotcha. per year. Um, so those are kind of the, the markets. The people who get the fastest results, of course, are the people who are already kind of experienced into it get into understanding the business model and we have a very structured process for like mm -hmm. here's what you will do here's what you will not do right if you do this you charge that much if you do that you'll charge this much so i learned a long time ago that when you give people uh choices they'll procrastinate on making a decision mm -hmm. so i basically took choices out of my training and i said just Smart. do it this way yeah. you know just this model works and it's it's actually what i actually i only teach what i actually do right like this is actually my pricing and I'll say, it's like, yeah, you could charge $1,000 per month and 2500 bucks per funnel. But hey, I've been doing this for nearly 10 years. So I might charge them 10000 bucks to build their funnel. And I might charge them 2000 bucks per month mm -hmm. or whatever. Plus, instead of charging them 10%, I'll charge them 20 you know? Because I have gotten more case studies under my belt, I've got more reputation, I can do that. You, could, you can't just come out of the gate and be like, you know, charging premium prices and you're, and you're new. People will see right through that. So you got to come through it authentically and say, hey, look, I'm new. But, you know, I'm just, you know, I've taken this course from, you know, this guy or whoever it is, right? So I'm learning. I, I know what to do. I just want to put it into practice. So I'll work for you for free. You just give me a, an advertising budget for Facebook. I usually recommend $500 per month advertising budget. And uh, give me a percentage on all the sales that I help you generate. That would be the starting point. And then as you build a successful case study, that's when you really scale it up. And I'll just tell you one quick story about a case study I built where, I, I did a, a, this guy, it, it was in my mastermind group. He was doing an event where he wanted to sell exhibitor booths at his event. He wanted to sell them between $1,000 to $2,000 each. And he had 96 booths to sell. 
And he was in our mastermind. He's like, how should I sell these booths? So I had this, this funnel that I built a long time ago where it's just an application funnel, right? People are very familiar with it, right? So it's, it's really good for business coaches to get new clients. I also use it for my own mentoring programs. So I said, why don't you put an application form on your website so people have to apply to get a booth instead of like a buy now button, which is what he was planning. So he loved the idea. He talked to me afterwards. He's like, let's implement it. So I'm like, okay, cool. We implemented it. We ended up spending $3,300 on Facebook ads, and we generated a quarter million dollars in sales, which blew my mind. Like, that was by far the best ROI I've ever gotten for anybody, right? And I was just so blown away at how that worked. And I, and then from that, you know, I, I started talking about the case study, right? I actually published the case study explaining, like, how we did it. And then other event organizers approached me, and they said, hey, could you build this funnel for us? Right, And I had this one guy where he, he wanted to work with me, and I had this iffy feeling about him. And I didn't really want to work with him. So he said, you know, can I come in and meet you, this and that? And I'm like, okay, you can come and meet me, but I charge $1,000 for in-person meeting. He's like, okay. And I was trying to get him to say no, right? And he, he said yes. So he came to the meeting, and then I explained to him how the whole funnels work. And then I said, it'll be $3,000 to build the funnel, because I already had the template already made, and, uh, and then 20% of the sales. And then he goes, I'll give you $5,000. And he, and he literally had the cash in his pocket. <laughs> and he gave me $5,000 and agreed to 20% of the sales. Because he was so excited to work with me because he knew I had a proven system, right? So it was like, that's the effect of having a successful case study, right? And it's like, and, and I went into a market that I'd never been into before. And I made that case study based on principles that I learned in a different market. And, and it worked. And then, and then I created a new niche for myself. Interesting. Do you think like some of the, while this is, while you're focused on the social media aspect of this, does this work for other types of freelancers in other capacities or is this, because I, I do affiliate marketing in, in some capacity, like the big part of what I do. I think there's a lot of similarities. It's obviously structured uh, slightly different, but I think a lot of what you're discussing uh, applies to some degree. Do you think this works in other cases where other people want to be like either running a, a fr freelance type company or free, freelance, like they want to freelance in in some sort of space, I guess, where there's marketing or sales uh, related, but are there any other spaces where what you're saying kind of applies? Yeah, I mean, anytime you're in a space where you are directly helping people generate sales, you know, everyone wants to know what's the ROI. You know, like I was talking to like a PR company, right? Because I want to get more PR and I'm like, yeah, so what do you think we can expect? So like, well, you know, it's going to cost, you know, $5,000 per month. You have to commit for six months, right? I'm sure you probably heard these, these before, right? And I'm like, well, so what, what am I going to get? Like, what, what can you guarantee that I'm going to get from that? And they're like, we'll get you at least like one or two interviews or something. Like, I can't remember what they told me. And I was like, but that's not very good. Like, that's not a very good ROI. What, what am I going to do with that, right? So if they instead came and said, yeah, we'll do a campaign, brand new campaign. We'll promote this product and we'll do all your PR for it. And any sales you generate from that, we'll take half, right? Then I'd be like, let's go for it. That sounds awesome. Let's go for it, right? So, you know, most PR companies, they're, you know, they're not committed to making sales. That's not what PR is really about. But that's that's just an example if someone did come out and say that they were a PR person says, yeah, I will help you generate more sales and we'll be able to track it. Let's create a custom campaign that only I'll promote for you. You don't promote it anywhere else. Then they could work on a performance model. If you're like a graphic designer, right? Get into the niche of building sales funnels, right? I use ClickFunnels for all my sales funnels. And, uh, you know, I just talked to a graphic designer earlier who's building out sales funnels um, and she just charges a set fee to design it. But she could easily say, yeah, I'll build your funnel for this fee. Plus, I get a percentage of all, all the all the uh, sales that come out of it. And I'll also optimize it. I'll do split tests. So every month, we'll do a new split test. And I'll design new variations in your page to continuously optimize it to the maximum performance. 
So that's how a designer can apply it, right? If you're in the affiliate marketing space and you're already just getting commissions, but you're getting commissions without a base. So if you're just doing affiliate marketing and you find a product or a business that you want to promote, you know, maybe you can work with them directly and say, hey, how about you pay me a certain fee? And, uh, you know, you work directly with them to help drive some sales to their business, right? Um, so you basically work on a contract basis with them and, and get commissions. I think those, you know, it's, I, I've heard copywriters suggested before, which I think with copywriting, it's hard. I've had copywriters mm-hmm. say, hey, I'll, I'll write all your email sequences. You give me a cut of your sales. It didn't really work because, you know, I've done so much work to build my right. list and nurture that list and stuff. It's like an email isn't going to be the only driving factor. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, so it's like, but when we're getting people from that are cold, right, or warm or whatever, right, and then turning those people into sales, then it would make sense. But turning my current prospect into a sale, well, they're, they're not buying just because of the email. They're buying because they've known me for the last, you know, eight or nine years, right? Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. Well, Matt, I, I know we've taken up more time than you should have given us, but I appreciate that. Thank you for, for answering the questions and giving us like a glimpse into this. Where can people reach out to find you and uh, maybe check out some of your programs? Yeah, if you go to webfriendly.com, uh, we're actually in the process of publishing a ton of blog posts. We decided that we want to give away as much of our information away for free. And what people are really paying for is the mentorship and the templates and tools that we provide them in our training. So if you're looking to just learn this stuff and kind of get a grasp of it, uh, just check out our blog and check out the blogs that we're publishing there. And if you're interested in actually getting into mentorship and actually working one-on-one with us, um, then check out the uh, our programs and, and you can apply there. And uh, when you do that, you'll either get on the phone with me or someone from my team to talk more about the program and whether it'd be a good fit for you. Fantastic. Well, Matt, thank you so much. For all those listening, go to tomworks.com slash podcast to catch this latest episode, and we'll catch you next week. Thank you for listening to In the Trenches. Your creative work doesn't stop here. Join the resistance, the small but growing army of entrepreneurs and artists putting a dent in the world at www.tommorkis.com. Never fight alone. Join the resistance.